Welcome back to Chit Talk, where we talk about really good shit. My name is Annika. And my name is Rithu. Follow us on our socials, here to Chit Talk and Instagram for sneak previews, audio clips, and more. Make sure to subscribe and leave a review. Thanks for tuning into this week's episode. Let's dive in. Hey everyone, hope you're having a fantastic week. You are in for a treat with our guest this week. Tegan Forbes, also known as Tegan Tarot, is a professional intuitive psychic reader with an international client base. She's dedicated to helping those who are inquiring into the deeper exploration of their own life experiences, looking for clarity, stimulating new perspectives within one's own life. Thank you so much for joining us, Tegan. We're so thrilled to learn more about astrology, its misconceptions, how to be more intuitive with ourselves, and learning more about ourselves through our birth charts and live tarot readings. Thank you so much for being here. Oh, what a pleasure to be here. Thank you for inviting me. It's always a gift to be able to talk about what I'm most passionate about and share that with others. So I look forward to this. Me too. (laughs) Um, Actually, I thought it would be funny to bring this up when we, so we've actually recorded an episode very similar to this before Tegan, but um, the thing was, is like, we went so deep into it that we just lost track of what we were talking about. And so we needed an expert like yourself to come in here and tell us what the real deal is. Um, So For those people that are new to astrology and tarot, give us a brief explanation or history behind what it is and what its purpose or use is. Yeah, that's, I will try my best. That's a big question. (laughs) Um, In the beginning of time, you know, (laughs) the boys look to the stars for guidance, you know, what is the purpose? And it, and it comes, you know, we revisit this question of why am I here and what is my purpose? And in different chapters of history and different cycles of our life. And sometimes when we're going through crisis or trauma or just feeling a little uncentered, these deeper questions will surface again. So there's collective times in our history, human history, when it's been more popular. And I think that's what we're seeing again now, you know, with good reason, with kind of this destabilization and structures that, um, maybe we had leaned into or believed or just never even questioned. Now the questions are coming up and we're seeking answers and we're seeking clarity and what is my truth and what can I trust in? So it's, um, it's a really timely, uh, you know, this is a timely discussion to, to bring forward and visit. So the history, uh, tarot cards, it's, it's literally a deck of 78 cards that are symbolic. Um, they are, represent archetypal energies. Those are universal energies that, of human experience, like you know, life, death, rebirth, falling in love, making choices, uh, separating from the group, going to school and learning. It's sort of like these collective experiences that we have. It was tarot has a way of being designed to work with human psychology. So with all the different divination tools like runes, astrology, uh, working with the pendulum, uh, crystal ball, like all, you know, palm reading, all the wonderful choices, like in Africa, throwing bones, things like this. Um, Tarot is like human psychology. So that right away lends itself to a structure that says like, as a human being who's looking deeper inward, how do I understand what's going on, you know, beyond my conscious realm, maybe in the subconscious, the unconscious, the intuitive. And so it, there's a kind of a design to tarot that innately supports these deeper questions of like, who am I? What's my purpose? What's going on here? Where in contrast, astrology is, is like, I cannot even say more ancient, like we are living on a planet in a solar system in a galaxy. And, and there's so much wonderful, like knowledge. And also we barely know anything. So it's, it's observing the bigger cycles of time and planetary influences and long, long histories of different cultures 
um, looking to the stars, mapping, understanding the cycles of nature. How does that affect the animals? How does that affect our growth seasons with uh, you know, our food, our health, our life, and where as a human, am I in my own cycle within the greater cycles of nature? So again, still kind of pondering the same questions that we might go to a tarot deck for, but a different, a different methodology, a little bit of a different history. Well, certainly when you bring in different cultures. So um, I just, you know, to touch very lightly, because there's so many choices, there's so many different histories with astrology and tarot, but astrology, depending on the culture and the part of the world you grew up in, the stars look different. Northern mm-hmm. hemisphere, southern hemisphere. Are you at the equator? What's your what's your map look like? We in 2012, there was a lot coming up around the Mayan calendar. And <laughs> yeah, at the I end of the world. <laughs> I yeah. totally remember that. Yeah, yeah. So that happened, right? <laughs> we made it. <laughs> we lived through it. We survived. But, but a really big cycle, astrological cycle, as trapped by the Mayan calendar had reached it was like the hands kind of came into alignment at a midnight and then it started a new cycle um and then there's you we can look at that in a different context called the age of aquarius and the end of the pisces cycle and the beginning the dawning of aquarius a new paradigm of thought there's um you know in eastern cultures chinese zodiac has their own network and framework of symbols same with um you know east indian and, and ancient ancient vedic astrology um working with those symbols i work uh i my reference i work with evolutionary astrology which is based in greek mythology and yeah they're all they're all real and they're all valid and they're all really different and you can nerd out with astrology and get really detailed and argumentative and um debate and that's part of the science right and and astrology literally was categorized as the science for many, like hundreds and hundreds of years until rationalism became more popular. And then the more kind of esoteric, intuitive arts, it got it removed its name from science, it got into the arts and then got further separated to the mystical or perhaps even the occult. So it's always changing. And there's not really a fixed one way is the right way to work with these tool sets. So no, that's actually, that's a great way to kind of dive in. So you mentioned, um, you know, Chinese and Vedic astrology and Chinese New Year's, like Lunar New Year's just around the corner, right? Yeah. So like my parents and my family are back home in Singapore and we're just like, you know, sending each other, um, messages and you know we're gonna be facetiming and stuff because it's gonna be the year of the ox and so it's very different in the way from like western astrology where we actually just have like 12 animals um and it's just you know it's you have a particular personality trait to a different animal and so it depends on what year you're born rather than like you know your birth dates or how the stars align and you know when the there's a planetary shift and such so it's a little bit different like that but i still find it like very interesting and then there's also like another Chinese pseudoscience, which is feng shui, which I've, I'm sure you've heard of as well. Um, but yeah, very funny anecdotes. Like my mom's very into feng shui. Um, and whenever we move into a new place, we would have to like roll a pineapple around the entire perimeter of the house. So that's always <laughs> fun to do. Um, and then we always need to have like a water feature somewhere because it's always like, it brings you good wealth and it brings you like good fortune to have a water fountain your way. And then in some aspects, like I can't have my bed facing a certain way because that'll be bad luck. No, but... I have exactly the same thing with like yeah. my parents. They pretty much, they said that my bed has to face either east to west or west to east mm-hmm. to rise or set with the sun. Um, exactly. I think it was something like that. Yeah. Um, yeah. So and like, then depending on like, you know, what animal you are, you have to face a certain way or else, you know, there might be bad omens or something like that. So I don't know if there's any sort of similarity or some sort of disconnect with the Western, um, Western astrology in that case. What are your thoughts on that? I love it. I love it. Like I love cultural traditions and so you know it can can dip into the end of superstition where then it gets you kind of like if I don't do it bad things will happen yeah so that's it's always a caution to have when we're working with things that holds meaning and power for us but um but yeah I as far as I know the western astrology doesn't you know to my like my limited knowledge I don't know about that but 
you because we're working with symbols because we're working with very personal symbols in our life and how these show up there's ways of looking at a natal birth chart and seeing what is my home environment look like and then through that the planet sign and how is this connected to that might decode oh i really i really am a homebody and it's important for me to create an environment that feels very comforting but it could look quite different mm -hmm. than my sister or my dad or my uncle in their home environment but um but now I'm going to have to look into it. I'm like, there's so, you know, the ancient traditions and cultures happen for a reason. And I, well, the, not that the culture happens for a reason, but the traditions that live through generation to generation, we keep them because it's meaningful. Because it's, mm -hmm. it's not really just, uh, we did it because grandma did it, but it has a personal connection of our story and our lineage and our well-being and how we fit within within our community within our family within our home so I think what you're touching on is is kind of one of the deeper threads of why we even look to tarot and astrology for meaning it's like the sacredness of what's my place within the bigger dynamics the bit bigger interconnection of it of it all absolutely and like Vedic astrology is so prominent in Indian culture to this day. Like it's because there's so much deeply linked um, astrology, so deeply linked to spiritual traditions and like ancient Indian culture. Like we still use astrology to this day. Like my birth chart is it's been done. Um, and you know, people plan weddings around it, buying homes, starting mm -hmm. school, a new job. Um, and you know, some of the primary differences, at least that I know of with between, um, Vedic astrology and Western astrology is that, um, they use a different system. I think it's, uh, called a sidereal system or something like that. Um, and, uh, I think the difference is that they consider everything to still be constantly moving. Whereas like Western astrology takes a snapshot of the time and place at which you were born in the solar system at that time. Right. Yeah. That would be the, the natal chart, but then yeah. there's the transits of like today, where's the planet Saturn and how is that affecting my, my life? But yeah, there's, there's always these similarities, but then mm -hmm. huge differences. And so yeah when I was learning astrology um, and, you know, reading all the books and doing the YouTube videos and kind of like, we're thirst for knowledge. Where can I access information? A real key piece came forward with during an astrology session that I had with a professional. And he's like, Tegan, pick, make a choice here. Like choose, choose something that works for you, that you feel connected to and go really deep with it. Cause otherwise you're just like on the surface with a lot and not really mastering you know, we're not really getting to the depth of, of what feels is your soul, you know? And I love that advice because we can lend it then. Do I choose astrology? Do I choose tarot? Who's this and what's that? And what, you know, all these different minds better than yours, or I held my deck the wrong way. Is it cursed now? Like come back home to you. What's working for you? What's your framework that you feel connected to and allow yourself to unfold into the depth of that let's call it an architecture so that you can then start kind of expanding up into allowing more consciousness to come in bringing more of that intuitive stuff of this is my cultural tradition or my, my family practice but what's mine like what's my heart in this that feels very personal with my own connection to this information and that's when it gets really exciting and um yeah, that's where I'm like, oh, that's when the magic comes in. <laughs> <laughs> um, you mentioned like reading books about astrology and looking up YouTube videos as well, which is what I've done in the past as well, just like learn a little bit more about it and the topic. What first piqued your curiosity and interest into astrology? Yeah, my entry point to astrology, I went through tarot first. And so I, um, I, there was an obsession. I was like, oh my God, what is this? How does it work? I need to know more. Da, da, da. Did the deep dive. Got to a point where I felt like I know everything there is to know about tarot. I mean, the real arrogance. And so I was like, I need a bigger system to study. 
And so that's when I was like, astrology, what's, where does it link? Where does the astrology kind of overlap with the tarot? How can I understand these archetypes better? If they were blended, if I'm blending tarot and astrology, where do they merge? Where do they separate? So I, I, at that point, I really couldn't find a lot of information. Um, uh, any books published, uh, there was quite obscure and the stuff that was around was very generic. So I just went on a, I just compiled my own research. I'm like, I'm curious, I'm going to figure this out. And then always, it's always, always worth working with professional people. YouTube's great, but people that are professional in any field have done this because it's a passion, it's a calling. There's something, a part of their being that says, I need to bring more information forward. So those uh, different professionals, then they can be all you know, different opinions. I learned a lot about astrology through those uh, sessions where I was a client to the professional. And then, um, and then the neat, neat thing is each astrologer, each probably, you know, each tarot reader too, brings their own way, their own interpretation. So I, I'm kind of like, I'm still me, it's my astrology chart, but seeing it's like a carved diamond, you know, seeing these different facets of myself and learning about things that I've maybe skipped over or, or you know, just kind of hide in the back, but to have someone bring that forward and say, there's more here for you to investigate and look at, not only widen my understanding of the art form with astrology, but I got to know myself better too. So, you know, who doesn't want to know about themselves? It's, it's kind of a win-win there. <laughs> that's why we're here. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly why we're here. And, you know, uh, that kind of jumping off of that, I feel like a lot of people these days are just um, drawn to astrology or it's become like super popular over the, mm. I, I want to say like the last five years, maybe. Yeah, definitely. Um, and I, I do agree to your previous point, Tegan, because I think there was, especially with 2020 being a whole chaotic year that it was, I think there was just so much uncertainty. And so I think a lot of people were trying to find, you know, trying to find the truths and trying to find um, any grasp of like hope and just understanding of like what's going to happen in the future. So I think they, they almost turned to astrology just to like find that like a little bit of hope, that little bit of light for them as well. Yeah, I yeah. I agree. And, um, and then, you know, and then we get into a bit of a slippery slope because there are a lot of predictions out there mm -hmm. and, um, and it's not even limited to astrology. It is, you know, my guides told me this and my, you know, whatever, wherever different people are tuning in and sourcing their information, there's a lot of predictions. And I, my feeling of that is to use a lot of discernment, take from, take from any information you receive, what really resonates for you. And if you start slipping into kind of a, I need, I can't make a choice without consulting this person or um, feeling an addictive quality or feeling a little paralyzed in fear where I, I, you're losing your power. These are things to be, bring a bit of awareness to because I deeply feel and believe and know in my heart that the tools of astrology and tarot and the more, you know, these, what do you call it, more mystical realms or intuitive development is here for us to become stronger in our own power, our own clarity, our own knowledge of self. So if we kind of start falling into a, a prediction or we put our power in the, in the work of somebody else, um, we're not truly benefiting from that. And it's a disservice to us and our potential of what, you know, we can create here and bring forward in our own life. And plus, that person at the end of the day is just human. Um, it doesn't mean that they're out to get you or they're bad. It just, there's human, there's human qualities to all of us where they, you know, a prediction could feel very clear at the time it's given. And then maybe later, you know, falling off the pedestal a bit and um, that cr the idol crashes, you know? So um, that's something, especially with, with this time of, chaos <laughs> like global, yeah. global yeah. pandemic that's an understatement no <laughs> yeah <laughs> so so yeah I'm like there's great information mm -hmm. and and even you know politics news use discernment use your critical thinking tune into your body what feels real for you there's reality is is kind of different for everybody right now so you just got to be really steady with yourself and um and that's that's your strong I feel like that's your strongest positioning 
Yeah, so with the sudden surge of like the popularity of astrology amongst younger generations and millennials, you know, there's a lot of things going on in like TikTok, for instance, where there's witch talk and they're teaching you about like, you know, manifesting things. And then there's also a lot of, um, Ruthu and I like to share each other like memes <laughs> from like various um, like astrology meme pages on Instagram. But what are your thoughts on this? Um, is there like, I think you mentioned before how there could be just some sort of construed idea or like misinformation that's out there as well. Are like, are these social media platforms in a way harmful to people who are trying to learn a little bit more about astrology? Yeah, that, you know, what a good question. It's, just kind of broadening that of we we live in a digital age <laughs> you know there's a lot of information out there about everything um you can diagnose your own medical stuff online too so it's sort of like listen and follow and learn what feels good but if you start going down the spiral or you know where you're kind of like this is freaking me out and i've heard some bad news or i keep pulling this card and it's gonna it means bad things that's the time to pull back, to take a breath and just feel like I, you know, recenter yourself in your life. And, and um, part of what helps me recenter, because there's, whether it's a, some fascinating and crazy stuff I found on YouTube, or just a really crazy day I had in my own life, you know, what helps me center is coming back to nature, the power of something that's so big, that I can just be my small human self. And it is, you know, in the city, we kind of forget that sometimes because we have control of so much and uh, we, can, we don't even have to leave the house to order dinner anymore. It just kind of comes all this nice, you know, life's luxury. <laughs> <laughs> and I love it, you know, I'm not saying anything bad about that. It just is, it's like, remember your place in the cycle and bringing in respect for what you're working with. And if you feel, a level of disrespect, if you feel a level of separation with the information where you, you feel like I want to learn more, but now I feel like I'm doing it wrong, or there's a hierarchy, and I'm not part of it. These are things to just kind of check in with and say, like, is that really for you, then that might not be the person you need to learn with, or maybe that information has a bit of a, it's like a spectacle quality or a glamorous quality, mm. but it doesn't if it leaves you feeling small, if it leaves you feeling insufficient or in fear, then it, then truly like that's not, it's really not helping you le learn anything. It just separates you. Mm -hmm. So that's my two cents on, on that. <laughs> that's a great two cents. Uh, I'm with you there. Like, I, I feel like, as you mentioned, everything is so easily accessible. Mm -hmm. People are trying out different things and, um, you know, to your, to, Aside from your point about getting negative or different information from people, I feel like it's actually making people more open mm -hmm. to, to this as well. Like, you know, I remember back, uh, back when I brought up astrology, maybe when I was in high school, I felt like a lot of people were like, Ooh, it's woo woo. Or like, you know, the, you know, that was the kind of mindset that people had, but culturally it was so important. So I'm like, how can this not be true? Right. So it's, it's so interesting to see that kind of like just societal shift to kind of even aside from meme culture, like it just mm -hmm. being part of something people actually bring up. Like people are like, oh, what's your big three? Like what's your sun, moon and rising, right? <laughs> um, speaking of which, what are your sun, moon and rising, Tegan? Mine. Yeah. That's so personal. No, <laughs> <laughs> um, my, my rising is Virgo. So that's where I get really organized. <laughs> my, my moon is cancer. So it's all about feeling. And then my son is Sagittarius. So that's why I can talk your ear off. <laughs> so, that's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think I know mine. I think you might know mine, Rithu, for some like strange reason. You like to know my I'm birth chart and stuff. Here. <laughs> oh, well, T can, can tell us. Yeah, <laughs> I can tell you. Um, Annika, your son is Aquarius. Your moon is Sagittarius and your rising's Gemini. Oh, so interesting. It's yeah, okay. it's neat. So you're and then so part of that is the sun is when we are just in our joy. It's when we're in our happiest. Mm -hmm. Um think of this as like the noon part of the day, high noon, where you're just like, I'm walking down the street and I'm feeling good. Like this is my <laughs> life and I'm rocking it. When we're holding that energy, it's our sun, it's our joy, it's our brightness. So when um so when we're kind of like 
how do I get out of this funk or how do I re-inspire my, you know, if I'm stuck in a rut or feeling a bit distressed, go to your sun sign. Feel like, okay, so Annika, you're like, okay, I'm going to do my Aquarius. So that could be a little freaky. Aquarius is like, I don't have to follow anyone's rules. I'm going to make it up as I go. I'm going to just <laughs> do the, you know, it's like, bring your own unique flair. It can be a little bit, it can be actually quite rebellious. Um, but also there's this deep heart with Aquarian energy that looks to the future that often will be connected to humanitarian causes. So that can help you feel like, oh, what's the bigger picture here? Like, how does this work? What I'm doing here, how is it relevant for the future? How is my contribution working to the whole? That could just be a framework that helps you feel quite joyful. So yeah, Annika, so your moon sign is Sagittarius and where our moon is, this is where, think of it as our like a collection of every feeling, the memory of all our feelings from all of our past lives held in this, held in the moon. And so it's very sensitive, very intuitive. It's where we're kind of ancient in our astrology chart. So our moon is, um, it was, uh, I, when I was studying, it was like, it's your PhD, whatever your moon is, you're like, oh, I got this and I know it. And I'm like, I'm rocking it out of the 12. You're like, I got this. Um, also an interesting layer is some contemporary astrologists will say that the moon really represents the ego in the mm -hmm. sense that we, uh, our identity is shaped so much by our emotional perspective. So if we're you know, say you got bit by a dog when you were younger, you might feel like, oh, this, I'm trying to connect it to ego, but you might feel like this is something I'm not friendly with animals and they need their own place. And, and there's this real kind of reaction uh, universally to dogs because of a very personal experience that you're holding on to. So there is a layer there where it's very, very, very subjective. And sometimes that can get us a bit into trouble. So, um, but yeah, Sagittarius is like, don't tie me down. I got it. I got places to go. I got people to chat with. I'm shooting <laughs> arrows in the sky. You're just like, I can't really stay in one place. I got to move and explore and be happy and bring that optimism and creativity forward. So for you with the moon, that is, is kind of healing for you. And, um, and playful, you know, you can get, a, we can always go to our moon and just feel like I'm really comfortable here and I'm really good at it. So that's nice. And then the rising sign, so um Annika your rising sign is Gemini rising sign is literally like the dawn of each new experience so when you're meeting someone for the first time or going to you know a party and you're just kind of like who's you know you go in the room what's your approach it's going to be a Gemini approach which is pretty social Gemini is like hi I'm talking to you I'm talking to you and what's going on there and I I told this guy I liked it but over here I'm like I don't like that I don't even believe in that so it's like, <laughs> like painfully line. accurate <laughs> yeah you're kind of like I just want to get the lowdown on what's going on and then I'm going to the party across the hall because it sounded pretty cool when I came in so Gemini's it's a it's a pretty good way to kind of engage and often um it's not uncommon I should say for our rising sign for people that don't know us very well to think that that's our sun sign because we're it's how we greet the greet the day and um yeah and then there's layers right it's like those the top three are big components of our personality but it's it's like looking at a, a physical human you can't just say oh well like eyes hair and teeth you know there's so much more to what describes a person than like those characteristics although again you can get kind of a, a sense of a person from like some key physical things so um so yeah I'm like grain of salt with it it's not the <laughs> totality of who you are but it gives you a that little sounds pretty accurate though what you said about pretty, Annika <laughs> yeah pretty down to a T <laughs> oh awesome yeah these are good you can so for dating let's just say for like dating these are great things and should there ever be more of an integration with astrology on dating apps I think the accuracy for connection would just be it'd be through the cool. roof you think yeah. so? I need to ask for my boyfriends now. So. Yeah. <laughs> what time were you born? Uh, exactly. For no reason. And how do you weave that into a conversation? <laughs> I'm sure there's memes on that one. Yeah. <laughs> and so, um, Ritu, um, is that how I pronounce your name? Ritu? Ritu. Ritu. Oh, I yes. love Ritu. It's like Barcelona. <laughs> beautiful. Um, so you have an interesting chart. I mean, 
Annika, you do too, but Rithu, you have a stellium of planets in the sign of Capricorn. And so a stellium is like, a, it's technically, I guess, like a cluster. I think anything three or more is a stellium. One, two, three, four, five. You got five planets in the Whoa. sign of Capricorn, which just brings a lot of weight into your chart. Anytime <laughs> there's a cluster of planets, we're like, this is a really big sign that has a lot of focus this lifetime. I'm like, interesting, interesting. And so your sun and your moon are both in Capricorn. And what this means, the way I like to work with this energy because as I said with Annika, the moon is like, you're a master, you PhD, you like got this. So why is your son, this like bright joy that you're bringing the same as what you've been working on in lifetimes? This happens when there was, it was a skipped step. <laughs> you're, you're kind of like, I've been doing Capricorn for a while, but there's something I didn't quite get yet. So I'm gonna, I got a double hit of it this lifetime. And I would even dare say you got more than a double hit because you got five planets in Capricorn. <laughs> And as a side note, I just want to add it in because sometimes it feels like, oh gosh, I came into this life like already failing life, which you did not. You you have a lot of very positive, positive helpers. It's like the universe said, we're going to really focus your attention here so you can leap forward and do the healing, do the clarity, do the meaning, like reap the benefits that you have been working, 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 working with for a number of lifetimes. So in that context, it's kind of a lucky bonus. You're like, this is my kind of, in a way, like gold ticket life. Where Annika, totally different story. You have square, 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 square. So I would say it's not that this is a, a hard life. I mean, they're all hard lives for all of us in different ways. You have a lot of developmental tension. So it's kind of like a few tug of wars where you're like, I just want to walk in this direction, but I'm pulled in this direction. Mm -hmm. Well, I'll go in this direction and I'm pulled in this direction. So the tension means it's kind of like polishing a gemstone. You're like, I gotta work this through. It's a little bit harder. And, um, and really I am just breathing over the top cause it's not, no one breezes through life, but to know where, how this going back to Rithu, um, how all these Capricorn planets can then become your allies, your helpers, your powerhouse, your, your center point where you're like, I make things happen, like this force of nature that you are, to see like, how do I make this work in my favor? Is It's like, that's the key. And then you're kind of like, when I get that, and as those pieces come into place, you are unstoppable. And and there is such a stamina in Capricorn energy. Yeah. Well, Annika knows, well, Annika knows me better than anyone. She knows the amount of bullshit that I've been through. <laughs> She's, um, she's been just in this lifetime past, alone <laughs> yeah this past three years have been really really tough in Rithu like family wise mm -hmm. and then work wise and yeah. and just all sorts of directions coming at her but I think she's persevered and pushed through so yeah, yeah. thanks Annika <laughs> well you know it's, I just and then we got to add the rising sign because you know what you have the most intense one <laughs> you have Scorpio rising so Scorpio's like I want to get to the bottom of it. I want to know the soul of it. I want intensity. So you're kind of like carrying the weight of the universe on your shoulders. And then Scorpio's like, I need it deeper. <laughs> so I'm like, sounds like me. Let's be honest. There's some, yeah, you, you were like, came into this life to do some stuff. Those are the top th those are the big three and if you're if you're kind of new to astrology yes sun moon rising you can get a lot of mileage like like that fascinating conversation pieces um juicy little details great party it's like a party trick you're kind of like mm -hmm. oh, top three let me tell you about you is really really fun and and resonant we can connect to it That's such a great point. And just kind of jumping, jumping off of the astrology to the tarot, like you mentioned, how, how do you work with both together? Yeah. Um, good question. So in my, in my world, in Tegan tarot land, <laughs> uh, astrology, I work with the sole purpose. I work with the natal chart and looking at this a little bit, kind of what we we're talking about together here with what's my purpose what what did I come into this lifetime to work with and discover and ignite and and develop um that that's my thing 
Um, there are other astrologers, as we mentioned earlier, that do all sorts of timelines and um, and lots of, there's so many ways to work with it. I've just, that's my specialty and I've gone really deep with it to go into the soul purpose. Now tarot, um, there's, I work with tarot as a tool. It's an anchor point to um, ground the higher kind of higher visual perceptions that I pick up. So um, in the beginning, when, you know, in 2007, when I first started learning tarot, it was all about the deck. I love the cards. I was like all of us that are drawn to it. We're so curious and we're like, I want to learn this. And how am I ever going to memorize 78 cards? Uh, but you kind of go through it and then you personalize it. And then you know, I was like arrogant and I was like, I mastered it. And then it got interesting again. And then I started teaching. Like, it's just, a, it's just this living, it's like a relationship. And, um, and my intuition got stronger and more clear. And there was this point, you know, I can look back and see it in retrospect more clearly where I feel the cards in my body. I, I see them and I know them in my brain, what they are, but I feel their energy. So when I do a spread, I, it's like a, it's like a song and a different song, makes you feel, you don't think of the notes in the music you feel you feel it so this it just started how I would kind of hold and feel and resonate with each spread and as I you know sat with that and worked with that and experienced that more more would come in like more it's like really symbols codes patterns colors information and a part of my process as I talk there's more clarity that comes and so it's a, I'm not sure if I can even really describe the whole thing, but the tarot is the anchor. It's like this grounds it. It brings it back mm. to the human, the 3D, it's the language. It's like anchors all this other information. So um, it's um, fun. <laughs> you know, <And> I'm like, <laughs> I love this tool set because it allows me to expand in areas that I would never have even thought I'm like, ah, if you had told me this years ago, I'd be like, I'm not that person. Like, no way. I, I don't know. I'm, I'm an academic. I, don't, I read books, like whatever. <laughs> but to know it in my heart and to feel it and then to share that with others. And that's where I'm just kind of like, that's where the teaching of tarot is such a love of mine because um, bringing like how to look at, start from the basics of like, what does this card mean? What's the symbol of this card we're looking at? And where does that place in your body? For me, maybe it places in my solar plexus. I really feel it there when I look at it. But for you, maybe you're, you're kind of like, oh, it just, it reminds you of something nostalgic. You're like, this is my memory of being in my grandma's house. And you're like, that's how I connect to it. So then every time that card comes for you, you're like, oh, nostalgia. Oh, my grandma, I really liked her. Somebody else could feel like, I did not like my grandma and that card did not fit <laughs> my story. And they're, they're kind of like, it reminds them of a, something else. So teaching tarot, how to learn the symbol, but really how to, how to like integrate it into your own knowledge of experience and body so that it becomes alive within you and that your readings then, it's not like, I hope I'm intuitive, but it then instead is like a language of knowing that can flow through you. So not it's not for everyone. Like that's very personal to me. And I've worked with people who it resonates with. And there's other readers, readers that I, I respect and, and, and enjoy that would just be like, forget about it, sister. That is not popular. <laughs> I don't want to do it. And that's fine. Mm -hmm. um, it's just sort of allowing yourself to work with tarot in a way that works for you. Um, the way we choose the car we want to drive and go, is it on the highway or are we going off road? Like, where do you want to go with this? So that's where I think that's where tarot maybe is a little misunderstood or, um, you know, it can be kind of sectioned into it only has a purpose this way, which I just think is yeah. not accurate. So so what I'm hearing you say, Tegan, is that it's more like um, these are your options. Feel free to like this is this will guide you. Feel free to use it how you will. Mm -hmm. More like a more like a suggestion rather than this is what's going to happen. Yeah. Like in a, when I'm in a client session, yeah. um, yes, I have really, I really don't enjoy bringing a conclusion <laughs> mm. because I can, I mean, we can, we can get to a conclusion, you know, 
within, even think of it, talking to a friend and you're like, I don't think this relationship has legs. I think it has a shelf life. You're kind of like, there's a time <laughs> limit on it. Like, yeah, these things come up in tarot. I'm not going to be the one making that decision, but we can, we're like, this is the path that it's on. <laughs> so yeah. um, my, my objective with every, every spread, really every session is to bring that, bring the like light of higher consciousness of bigger perspective into the client so they can feel, I know what I want to choose. I know how I want to move forward. It doesn't make life easier. It doesn't mean all your problems go away. You can check all the boxes and you're like, oh, the next six months are all sealed. But it does mean you can, you can leave that session feeling peaceful within yourself and feeling, I know how, where I want to center position myself in this dynamic and with this and with this. So I feel, I feel like I'm me. I'm in my strongest advantage. So many people use it. I mean, I have, I have clients that are um, incredible healers and psychologists and, and doctors and, and people doing like real kind of straight work out there in the world professionally that use this as a tool for, for navigating things that come up that don't make sense within the vocabulary of their framework with their clients. And they're like, I want to go deeper. I want to understand this. I want to know myself. So I have writers, like, especially when I had my studio in Vancouver last year, um, writers like all from Netflix, all those productions that were like, okay, we're at season six. What do we do with this character? And I'm like, bring it in. <laughs> like, let's see what comes. And uh, some of them too would say like, that's why I, I love tarot. It just is part of their creative process because there's this unfolding of what is happening that I can't see yet. There's something there, but I can't name it. And that, I mean, that's fascinating. And if we all imagine growing up with a tool that we just had access to feel like, how can I get out of my own way in this moment? Like, yes, learn tarot, like find something that helps you to have more, um, you know, perspective. You mentioned navigation, and I think that's so interesting because I feel like a lot of people find astrology as a means to an end or like, you know, finding fates or finding destiny and like that's their main purpose and main goal. But is there, and that it's like predetermined, but is there any way to like alter this or is this just like a sense of, you know, being more self-aware and then finding that pinpoint for you and then maybe altering and shifting your perspective and altering the cases or like, you know, the things that happen afterwards? Yeah. I, yes, 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 yes. Good, good, good question. Um, it comes down to a belief system. What do you believe? Because whether it's, you know, again, there's astrology, there's the tarot, there's the prediction, there's the finite path, but you can take that model and see like, oh, these are the politicians we have. Oh, this is the medical system we have. Like they have all the answers. This is the end route. So there's some people are like, I want to know I'm in a framework that makes sense. And this makes sense for me. And I'm going to follow this path because it, it feels good for how I understand myself. And then there's others that are like, no one can ever, I can never follow a path. I need to forge my own path. So it, 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 it comes down to the individual, but also the practitioners, like there's old school astrology books and probably tarot books too, you know, hundred years old that will say when this planet and this planet meet, it's negative. Oh, it's the undoing of your life. Oh, it's the curse of it all. <laughs> you know, <laughs> And, um, and you're kind of like, Oh shit, no, you know, what do I do with this? I guess I'll never get married or whatever the thing is. <laughs> So that can be, that can be a truth. You know, we can feel like, oh, well, I'm just never going to do this. And that's the way it is. Or we can, we can work with that to see there's an obstacle there. How do I get deeper? How do I ask deeper questions? What else, if this energy is blocked here, what are the back doors? Is there a ladder I can climb up and see a higher perspective? Is there someone else I can call in? What other tools are there? And, um, and so I, for astrology, work with evolutionary astrology, which is in support of the evolutionary soul path under the framework. The universe is here to support us in our journey. And we're not here to be punished by life, even though it can feel so hard sometimes. And, um, and I like that support. And, and so it's, it's a framework of life and many lifetimes where I'm evolving and I can be braver in these obstacles because there's something of meaning and purpose for me to navigate here. Um, 
even if I don't understand it in that moment, there's a bigger framework. And so I subscribe to that philosophy. I believe it. And that's what I share. That's the framework I work with, with my clients that, that enjoy working with me. But, uh, it, you know, again, I am not for everybody. I read a certain way and I'm really so happy and joyful in my work because there's the people that resonate towards me. We, we meet on that level and it's, it's pretty special. Um, there's other, you know, there's everything else in between. There's people that are doing spell casting that are like, oh, natural law, whatever, I'm going to manipulate it. And they get results in different ways with that. And um, so you know, you kind of have to choose, you have to kind of know, like, what's your intention? Because mm-hmm. um, there's no lack of variety. That's for sure. That's so, like, awesome. There's so many different things now that I'm thinking about. The moment that you said spell casting, I was just thinking about, like, all of the witch talk videos again. <laughs> yeah. Um, I think that's so fascinating. And what yeah. I find really curious as well is, when you mentioned previously about the the soul and how the soul goes in cycles, how how long is this cycle and does it repeat itself or does it like learn from that past life? And then does it try to, I guess, like my previous question, like, does it try to change and like learn from that? I'm just, I have so many questions about this. I love it. Like, these are the questions that you're just like, let's talk about it for hours. Yeah. <laughs> there's this, there's past life regression work, right? There's people that specialize in this. How do I, you know, how do I know where I am right now if I don't know what, what I've gone through? You know, what am I carrying that's unresolved from the past? whether it's this lifetime, whether, you know, childhood or, or trauma experiences that have been kind of like held in the body or lifetimes we're born into or family lines that were like seven generations back, this happened. And you're the one holding that, like, am I going to resolve this? Is this where that, you know, that pattern breaks? And so these are, these are things I love to dream about and look about and and contemplate and hold space for and there's so many incredible modalities out there you know family constellation will work with that or um the even like really really ancient practices um working with the again like tibetan philosophy that has the seven generations back and the seven generations forward when you do your healing work that's the resonance of, of change. So you don't necessarily have ever met those, those ancestors and you don't even need to have kids to feel like, well, how am I going to get those seven generations? It can be the heart to heart connection, what you've created through you and how that resonates with people around you that they pour into others around them that continues, continues. So nothing is done in isolation. And even if we're not quite sure, how does that work and make sense on a soul level? that concept, nothing is done in isolation, makes sense an environmental concept. We live in a bubble, <laughs> you know, the, the four elements that we work with in tarot, fire, earth, air, water, I think in, in Chinese medicine, it's five elements. I think there's metal in there. Um, but yeah, these elements is like, this is what we're shaped from and this is what we're come and um, this is what we've become and what we put in motion, you know, kind of circling back to spell casting, what we put out into the world, what we intend, what we give our consent to, what we give our energy, our time, our money, our thoughts, our worries, our love to has life. We're responsible for that. We can't, we can't feel like, oh, well, the YouTube video told me to do it. I don't know what <laughs> I'm doing. It's like, no, you did it. Like you make these choices. So nothing is done in isolation and um and i mean it that so i'm like so in tarot we're looking at the magician card <laughs> that's the archetype of the magician what am i creating what am i what am i putting out into the world there will be consequences am i aware that what those consequences are what's my intention but there's also the innocence of like well i don't know till i try it so i have to be yeah. brave here i have to create something i have to i have to live i have to try i have to see and so so we begin, you know, we begin the tarot journey. <laughs> and the next card is the high priestess, the intuitive. What information are you working with in the subconscious? Is that something that you bringing intention to? Or is it like a reaction? Is there vengefulness in that? Like, am I doing it because I want secretly something to happen? Or is there 
a higher altruism that you're working with and then that folds and you know it just kind of like keeps going keeps going Mm -hmm. yeah actually this reminded me of a story that I completely forgot about and would be so relevant to this the last time I had a tarot reading done Annika was there with me um and so it was it was like so on a on a random note we uh I think we were at the Richmond night market and there was like um there was like a booth for a woman that was a psychic and she was doing like readings tarot readings as well um and it was so interesting because, you know, she was like, oh, no one else is allowed, but like you can have one person, which was kind of odd. Um, I was like, I'll be there. <laughs> Annika was like, I'll sit in. Um, and some of the things that she discussed during the tarot reading so oddly resonated with my life in that moment that would not have, I don't know how to describe it. Like it did not align with like I, nothing about me could have given her that information, but she just like brought it out and was like, seems like you're going through a lot of familial trauma and you're recovering from that. And I'm like, how, how do you know? <laughs> and Annika, I'm sure that you have a similar story about your mom. Right. And, um, Yeah. Yeah, a very bizarre um, story. So this is, you know, predates before me, before I was ever a thought in their mind. Um, when my mom was single, well, not really single, but she was seeing a person, um, I think back when she was left around like my age, our age. Um, so she was seeing this guy, I think he was American, and she was working at a hotel. And then there was this, I think, live... Um, I think there was a medium or there's a person who was doing a fortune telling. And um, so I think she met my mom there and they started chatting and this lady was really nice. She was from Australia and decided to, you know, bring my mom to the side and be like, Hey, let me do like a, a live reading for you. My mom's just like, sure. You know, that'd be kind of fun. Like what's there to lose. And so my mom and her started talking for a bit. My mom, obviously there's no Facebook, no Instagram, no nothing, nothing that they could Google about my mom. Right. And so this Australian lady was just telling my mom, oh, you know, you're going to, you're going to get married to this guy who has blonde hair and who was fluent in, in English, but is not from America or an English speaking country. And then she's like, oh, I visualize all these boxes. I see boxes everywhere, but I'm not too sure what they mean. And so she asks my mom, can you make any sense of this? My mom's just like, no, this, this doesn't make sense at all. I have a boyfriend right now he's American, he's got dark brown hair, and he's, he's really like, he's a large, um, muscular man, you know, and the lady was very apologetic, she's like, I'm, I'm so, so sorry, I didn't mean to, like, create this into, like, a, a problem, if, if it is one, and my mom's just like, no worries, you know, this is just for fun, it's all good. A few years down the line, this lady comes back to Singapore to stay at the same hotel, I think my mom was there as well, and reaches out to my mom again, or actually, no, no, no. I think my mom notices that she's back in town in Singapore. My mom decides to contact this lady. And she's just like, so really bizarre thing. This has been like seven years or like 10 years have passed. She's like, I just want to talk to you because I recalled what you said before because they had it on cassette um, as a recording. And my mom's just like, um, there is this person that I've met I'm going to marry this person. He's um, blonde. He's from Sweden. He speaks perfect English. And I'm, I'm going to go move to Japan <laughs> and like spend my life with him. And so she sent, him, she sent her a picture of my dad. And the lady was just like, yes, this is the man that I saw. This is the man that I saw for you. And it, when my mom told me the story, I got goosebumps all over. And I as the rationalist that I am, I'm trying so hard to think of like different ways that this could play out or like different ways that this just seems fabricated, but it isn't though. It just seemed so bizarre and so true at the same time that my mom was able to find my dad. But yeah, I don't know. It was just so bizarre and like interesting at the same time, but yeah. So it's so beautiful, like opening ourselves to this, this realm of potential, because when you think of soul contracts and people come into our life for a a certain reason, 
there's, I don't know, like there's a thread there, they're light, there's something in our field that says at a certain time and place, we're going to cross paths and doing work with tarot or astrology or just, you know, intuitive work, heart-based work, when our hearts are open enough to read these messages and intuit them, that's where it comes through. It's not really like a brain or a thought. And, and again, this, those like gentle, humbling moments where the reader's like, I don't want to wreck your <laughs> relationship. Like, yeah. Oh, shoot. You know, like, I don't know. I'm not attached to the outcome. It's just, you know, she's like, it's just what came up. And then your mom's kind of like, well, I'll just shelf that because it doesn't even make sense right now. But then later on, you're kind of like, oh, there is, you know, interesting. It's just really, really interesting. So, um, it's beautiful. Like, this is why I'm like, everything's so magical. Each person is so, there's just this wealth of a uniqueness in all of us. Like, how can we access this for ourselves so that we can bring, bring these, it's like these lights, bring this color of palette forward and, and make our life who we're meant to be, how we're meant to express ourselves this lifetime. It's, uh, yeah. yeah, it's really, it, it's a tool that I'm like, that I love. And, um, and that's, I mean, that's why I made the classes. I was teaching in person, I was doing retreats and then COVID happened and I'm like, well, I guess, you know, I had to focus that energy somewhere and I put them online. But I just think whatever, whatever your nourishment is for learning tarot, whether it's a book, a podcast, practicing with friends, going to professional readers, do it, like learn it, do it, practice it with anything. If you like painting get paints and paint if you like tarot get cards and read and read for strangers and you got to learn a little bit but you it's the balance between the head and the heart you got to feel it and if you're you've had a life that has been tumultuous you get to bring all that rich experience into your readings and hold a place of compassion and it's not about the intellect it's really like a heart-to-heart -heart communication I mean it, it truly can be it's not that every not that every reader goes there but it, they have the potential too. So, um, yeah. So I'm like, yay, tarot. <laughs> like, <laughs> oh, come on. People, you got a bus pass, get a deck of cards. Like, it's what we do at life. <laughs> I was just going to say, this is going to be a perfect segue to also insert your like shameless plug as well. Like, where can people book their tarot readings? Thank you. Find me online, my website, tegantarot.com. Tarot, Te I'm on Instagram, Tegan Tarot. <laughs> I'm on Facebook. I don't use that as much. Website has the most info. Um, and you can find my classes there. You can book with me. And uh, and even if you're studying, you know, shoot me an email. I'm, I am a tarot nerd. I do this because I love it. And I am so grateful that I have a client practice that I can, I can allow this to be my full-time job, which it has been. This is going on my eighth year of full-time work. And, um, and it's, let you know let vancouver get better readers let us all kind of rise together and i don't mean that that the readers aren't good it's just there's so there's so few of us you know and there's a lot of people that need help and to empower one another to to make this tarot a win-win situation so we can learn and be strong together and um may our work doing intuitive work not only feel joyful to us you know as the practitioners doing what we love but bring this light forward in different clients so they so you know the clients can be their best self where they go out and and then we all together thrive it is does not have to be competitive and it does not have to have a hierarchy it's like let's learn and create together because we can and there is a need for it so i uh I am pro tarot <laughs> and I'm also pro like critical discernment. You got to choose what works for you. It's not mm. all one size fits all. So absolutely. Yeah, a bit of both. <laughs> well, thank you so much, Tegan. It was so great having you on the show. Like we learned so, so much and definitely a lot better than our astrology episode that we did. Yeah, no, I think that was just like a good starting point, but this was just so like, we dove in so much deeper with this one and we learned so many new things. And yeah, just thank you so much for being here today and sharing us your stories and your talents and your expertise on this. So this is awesome. You're welcome. Well, I'm always happy to come back. We can always, we can always do more at another time when, you know, summer solstice or when you really come in and have a little snippet of what's happening in my relationship. <laughs> we can do part two and part three. Yeah, yeah we could. Really, like, even if it doesn't go on the air, it's like, this is fun. So <laughs> it's a pleasure to meet you. And thank, thank you so much for having me. 
Annika, where can people find us? You can find us on our socials at Here to Chit Talk on Instagram for more fun clips and sneak previews, or on our website, chittalkpodcast.com, for other episodes, blog posts, features, and more. All right, bye, guys. Thank you. <laughs> Have a good night. <laughs>